Hey all you cool ghosts and Berliner vices, welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martin, a Women and Beer podcast. On this episode, I am joined with the two women behind Work For Your Beer, Alicia Valensky and Mel Fox. Before we get to that interview with Alicia and Mel, a beer that I had this weekend was not something new, something that's been on the market for a while, but I finally got around to trying, was Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty. It's their locale IPA. Um, you know, I... When I drink an IPA, I usually don't grab the low-cal ones, but this was perfect to drink this weekend for the holiday weekend and um, still full flavor, so I really enjoyed that. And then something in craft beer that I enjoyed this week um, was actually, you know, I, I hate to like r- talk about my own stories, but I think this is one that's really important. As I wrote about the breweries who joined in on the Things We Don't Say IPA collaboration with Hope for the Day, Um, to raise awareness for mental health. So I talked to two breweries here in Kentucky who participated and why it was important and why, you know, normalizing that it's okay to not be okay is important, especially in craft beer where there is, especially recently, a lot of issues with mental health during COVID-19 pandemic. And guys, this podcast is sponsored. It's sponsored by Louisville Ale Trail. Beer, 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 passport, beer, taproom, beer, Beer, good beer, stamps, beer, beer, adjuncts, collabs, beer, beer. From passports to beer clubs to everyday happenings in Louisville, Kentucky tap rooms, Louisville Ale Trail provides an opportunity to explore Louisville one beer at a time. Check them out at www.louisvilleailetrail.com. Beer. And before we get to the interview, guys, I have some exciting news. I have left Gown Fox to become the new tapper manager at Highwire Brewing here in Louisville, Kentucky. If you don't know, they're opening a tap room here in Louisville off Baxter Avenue, close to Bardstown. And I'm very excited to join the Highwire team. I've drank their beer ever since I can remember visiting their tap room in Asheville a couple years ago. So I'm super excited to be a part of the Highwire team and manage that tap room. So if you listen to this in Louisville or around Kentucky, check us out when we open. I think it's supposed to be in July, but I don't know the exact date. But um, like I said, I'm very, very excited. And the cool thing is I am leaving for Asheville the day you listen to this. So I'm leaving on Wednesday or the day this comes out. So get to check them out there once again. I'm going to stop at their tap room in Knoxville. And uh, yeah, just a really, really exciting time for me. And, you know, Louisville beer scene. I mean, we're continuing to grow. I mean, Highwire saw what Louisville beer drinkers, you know, the effects, you know, what we do here in Louisville. So i um, excited for that all. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening and enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. I am joined with Alicia Valensky and Mel Fox of Work For Your Beers. Um, work For Your Beer, just one. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. It's been a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll just kind of jump right in. Um, I was, we were talking off, off the podcast a little bit. They're my first guests since kind of the craft beer world has been kind of has been shocked. I don't want to say shocked because I know to us, us three, it's not shocking, but it's been very, it's been a tough week for, for women in beer. And obviously this podcast is a women in beer podcast. So we'll, we'll just kind of start talking off. We'll start the podcast talking about it and then we'll kind of just move on. But, you know, if people aren't familiar, um, an Instagram, a, a woman on Instagram, but it goes by the handle rat magnet, which I think that's the best part of it all is her, 
<laughs> her, her handles wrap next her. She is a, I believe, an assistant brewer or a brewer at Notch Brewing somewhere in Massachusetts, kind of spearheaded this whole thing about, you know, having women share their stories of sexism, you know, it's racism, um, harassment in the workplace. So what has been your guys' reaction to everything that's happened over the past two weeks or week, week and a half? Yeah, you know, I wish I could say I was more surprised. Um, we we ha have not, you know, worked for multiple breweries or anything. Alicia had one um, brewery she worked for, um, but we obviously started our business as females in a very male-dominated space. Um, and we have, uh, you know, experienced very similar things to a lot of the people who have, have been, you know, coming out and um, reporting all of these types of, of situations, right? Um, from, and we mentioned this in one of our posts from like handsy brewery owners thinking it's okay to touch you on your lower back or lower than your back yeah. um, to, you know, <laughs> really just drunk guys um, at beer festivals where we're working festivals who have made us extraordinarily uncomfortable to the point where I had to have my husband go call security on a guy once um, and the cops literally took him away um, to just, <laughs> just navigating the absurd comments that get thrown at us for literally just being women in the beer space. Um, it's, it's not shocking that other females have had this and we've kind of just been in this space where it's like oh well that's just what happens here and you know what I think we're all just really sick of it so <laughs> yeah Alicia um you couldn't see her but she just flipped off the camera um <laughs> uh, yeah and Alicia I'm sure you have more to add to that too so I um even before getting into beer at all, um, when Mel and I first met, it was at Penn State and it was for the student run blog onwardstate.com. And my beat was sexual assault, which in and of itself is wild. Like that there was enough for me to write about at this university that like I had a beat. Um, but that was something that I was just really passionate about from the forefront because it's something that too many women experience. And so then after college going into like the real world and experiencing so much of this at breweries, which to me was like this place where as an adult, you could go to meet friends when you're not in college anymore, you don't have classes or clubs with people or whatever. Um, it was much easier to make friends over a beer. And so to go into that space and be like, I'm trying to put myself out there and be a little bit vulnerable. And then to have that vulnerability exploited in different ways. And, you know, it, it ranges so widely, right? It ranges from being handed the wine list when you walk into a brewery because you're a woman to actually being physically assaulted by men who think that because you're in their space, quote unquote, they have the right to do whatever they want. And so, it's a huge breadth of different things that women go through and it's all awful. And just because some of them are like, oh, less serious than others doesn't make them okay. Like, I think that's the part that's been really troubling for me as I've been reading a lot of reactions to these posts is like the number of people who are like, well, that one wasn't that bad. It's like, A, a million others were and B, you don't get to say, like, you don't get to say what is or isn't bad, what does or doesn't suck, what does or doesn't hurt. It all is just shitty. So it's really nice to be surrounded by so many women in beer who are pushing back and being like, no, we won't take that. 
Yeah, and a lot I, of people are just reliving trauma right now, right? Which is really difficult. But the fact that the number of women who have been supporting and pushing and advocating for this movement has been incredible. But I also understand that it's extremely difficult for to, for women to even read all of these, to look at all these, to relive their past trauma. Um, and it's just, you know, <laughs> I feel like we feel so broken, but also so much stronger because we're all experiencing this at once together. We're all in this together. <laughs> I know. Great. I was like writing that comment out to someone and I was like, will they sing it? Or is that, but seriously, we are like, we're all like at this point where we're fed up, we're sick of this. And I read a comment that was like, oh, this is just the hot thing and it'll move on and there won't actually be any real change. And I'm like, fuck you. Like there's going to be change. Like we're going to advocate and we're going to fight for this. There are too many people that have been affected by this. And there are too many people that are in it to, to actually have a positive impact in the craft beer industry for females. And I think you can't tell we're passionate about this. (laughs) We're we're burning down the, the patriarchy. I think, uh, um, I think I, I'm probably annoying. I mean, I hope I'm annoying all my social media followers. I am reposting everything on my story, anything I see, because I had a friend reach out to me who doesn't even work in beer. And she's like, this is, this is, you know, this is amazing what you guys are doing. Thanks for sharing. Continue to share because, you know, it, it's obviously we're not, we're not saying that this only happens in beer. Of course we, it happens in other industries. So it's like, if we can, you know, make this so prominent in beer that like other industries take notice and like, Hey, we don't, we need to do this too. We need to, you know, bring this light and get our industry fixed. I think that's incredibly important, but Alicia, you mentioned a comment earlier. It was like a lot of these occurrences or, you know, stories, there's some that are a lot more mild, like commenting on my looks or, and then there's some of, you know, there's been rape and stuff, but I think it's, it's still important to talk about the small ones because, those aren't okay either. Comment, you know, I, a brewer told me, she sent me a screenshot the other day. And one of her distributor reps mentioned, like she was said she was turning 40 and he texted her. He's like, not bad for 40 winky face. And she's like, I was like, this is like, this is what we're talking about. It's like, that's not okay. You wouldn't say that to it's, it's a professional relationship. Like you guys aren't friends. And she was like, no, she's like, I'm so, but obviously that's kind of a smaller instance, but I think it's still so important to, you know, say those aren't okay. Obviously the big ones aren't okay as well. Well, and it's so funny to me. I, men are the worst. It's such a disappointment to be attracted to them. Um, but honestly, it's so interesting to me to be like, seeing men being like, no, I'm afraid to even talk to women. Like, can I even say hello? And it's like, Hey, if you're scared, you're the fucking problem, dude. Like if you are worried that what you say to a woman could be taken the wrong way, take a step back, consider it and be like, would I say this to a guy? Right. And if the answer is no, don't say it. Like we don't need our relationship to be based on my appearance, my knowledge base, my whatever. It can just be that we're two people who enjoy the same thing. And so if you wouldn't say it to a dude, don't say it to a woman. That should be like the baseline thing. I get very frustrated with like the not all men situation too. It's all crap. So I will say, Kenzie, you should cut us off because we could talk about this this entire time. Yeah. Um, Wait, <laughs> I do want to very passionate. Like, maybe we'll have like, I want to have a podcast with like, that's kind of like a whole, whole week or whole episode dedicated to it. But um, yeah, it's, it's just a like, we'll wrap it up because like you said, we could talk about it. I've 
I have not stopped texting one of my brewer friends for like a week straight. And she just sent me a message too about it. And I'm like, it's just, I don't think it, the good thing is, I don't think it's going to go away. And I think that's a good thing. I think this is only the beginning. We're going to see breweries continue to get like, like shown that like shown their true colors. And we're going to see people step down because their breweries aren't taking the right action. And um, it's, it's going to be a good thing for beer. So while this sucks right now, I think we're going to look back on it and be like, okay, in a year or two, this, this industry is a better place. And I feel more comfortable working here. This is what it should be. And so I'm really, I don't want to say excited, but I'm, I'm happy about this change and it just sucks that it has to be this way, but there are white men who, I mean, they're mostly white men who are the ones in charge. So hopefully we'll see a big change uh, happening soon. I will say too, I will applaud a lot of the breweries that are stepping up, even though they weren't like named right as a brewery who are stepping up and saying like, Hey, we're accountable here. And we are going to have regular conversations with our employees. We want them to feel safe. We want them to have like an external HR resource. So you don't feel like you have to go to someone internally and then have everyone, you know, come against you in, in the brewery. Um, so I, I am applauding the breweries that are stepping up and taking action. I think that 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 there's been a couple in Charlotte, you know, where I'm at, um, who have been being really responsible and really, um, proactive, which I, I love that. So I'm hoping a lot of other breweries take that same um, perception and start stepping up and and doing something about it, right? Not just sitting back and saying, well, we weren't named. So um, this is that <laughs> call to action to all the breweries, right? Like get it done, like make sure that you're taking action and like standing up to your word. Yeah. And also if you're a brewery, who's not addressing that this is happening at all, who's just pretending it's not there, like you're doing a disservice to yourselves in the eyes of the people who might otherwise come to your brewery. Like as a woman, I'm for sure taking notice of all the breweries in Richmond where I am, who are like at least addressing it or sharing things in their stories or whatever, like whether they've been named or not, like that to me is, okay, I might be safer in a place like this. Right. And so to the breweries that aren't saying anything, like I get that it feels like dipping your toe in a thing that could be like sketchy or weird. It means so much to not just women, I would hope like a large portion of your follower base. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. We were kind of talking about this before about the, the breweries, the guilds, because a lot of it is guilds too, you know, it starts mm-hmm. at the top and that's obviously the, the Brewers Association has had a history, has had a past problems of not addressing bad things in beer. So, and it starts there and then you go to the guilds and then you go to like the area guilds. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up just with your last comment, but yeah, if, you, if you're a brewery and you're listening to this or you're a, an employee at a brewery, make a statement. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I mean, just say, Hey, we hear you. We're listening. We support you. This, this shit is not okay. And we're, we're going to work to make sure that our brewery is a better place and that this is a comfortable environment. So hopefully we'll continue to see breweries do that and, you know, outline really good plans for their employees. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to switch. We're going to do a complete 180 and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about work for your beer. So what is work for your beer? 
Yeah. So uh, Work For Your Beer uh, is a directory for all the places you can work out and drink. Um, so think beer yoga, run clubs, bike and brews. Um, and that's really how we were born uh, with COVID. We obviously were not listing events because <laughs> events weren't happening and we didn't want um, people to go out to events and feel unsafe. So we've kind of just been this uh, voice in the, the beer industry for people who enjoy being active and also drinking craft beer. Um, we like to joke that we're alcohol agnostic. We like pretty much every beverage that there is to offer us. Um, but we do have a very big uh, stake in the craft craft beer space. Um, that's our, our first love, I would say. Uh, and so, yeah, we are this community of people who are just really trying to make sure that you have this really good, healthy lifestyle balance. You can't be a hundred percent on all the time, right? Um, you're allowed to have a beer and feel okay. You're allowed to work out and feel okay. Um, and so, yeah, our, our, Mission has always been to get people active um, and out to these different types of community events um, to help support the craft brewing scene. Alicia, what else did I miss? Um, I think a lot of what we're trying to do is what I call edutainment. So educational entertainment um, where we will sort of using our own knowledge base and experience, go out and taste beers or try workouts. And then we can, in an entertaining fashion, sort of educate our audience about the opportunities there are for them in that same space. So whether it's our we'll take the lot videos and we're tasting beers and we're educating folks about tasting notes, or it's us going to a workout and trying it and making fools of ourselves, but showing them like, this is approachable, this is fun. You can be a part of this really cool community. I think in both of those capacities, we really use both of our skill sets. So for Mel, a lot of that is photography and videography. For me, it's just, never stopping speaking ever all the time um, or writing. And so I think those tend to be kind of the places where we've shined in the past year or so and that we hope to continue even as events come back as well. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about what you guys are doing is because there's this weird mentality that you can't do both. You can't like, you know, there's the beer bod, the beer belly, all that stuff. But I'm like, that's, honestly only like that because you're probably consuming foods that aren't healthy along you know when you get a beer you get a burger and fries and that's fine but you can't do that all the time and and one of the reasons you know I also want to have you on is I always get this comment is like oh how are you so skinny you drink beer and I was like no it's it's because I'm I work out I eat pretty healthy and I drink in moderation you can do it all like mm -hmm. and I can have the greasy gross food every now and then but it's just you can do it all you just have to you have to you have to do it the right way um so why why do you think having this type of you know mentality of like you don't have to deprive yourself is so important so I think there's a couple of things. First off, we are incredibly body positive at Work For Your Beer. We did a whole campaign, Work For Your Beer Bod, that was showing off all the different kinds of bodies that you see in the craft beer world, because there's this idea that it's either like, you know, you have to be like this big dude with a beer gut or like whatever. And that's really not the case. Like it's such a diverse area and we want people to feel included no matter what they look like, how old they are, anything. Um, then there's the other portion of it where, a completely unhealthy life is unsustainable and a completely healthy life is unsustainable. And so we're really passionate about finding a healthy balance. And so I think that means 
you don't just have to work for your beer. You can work for your wine or your chocolate or your tacos, like whatever the hell it's like, you can't just do all the things that taste good that are like total gluttony. And you can't just make yourself work out and deprive yourself all the time. You have to find this happy medium where like you get to live your life and be happy and be a part. Did you mute? I think you muted yourself. You lost your leash. Are you there, Alicia? You wanna, Mel, can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Okay. Hello, Alicia. Oh no, did I lose there you? Yeah, you're are. back. <laughs> Where, where'd I cut off? Um, Talking about, you know, the positivity, obviously a little bit past the, you know, ugh, what am I trying to say? I don't know where I lost you. Okay. Well, regardless, my point is basically you don't have to completely indulge all the time. You don't have to deprive yourself all the time. There's a way to find a middle ground that is really healthy, but also really enjoyable. Yeah. And I think that whole notion of balance, I mean, Alicia and I, the reason I think we resonate so well with our audience and with our brand is because we live that same lifestyle of like working out and also drinking and Alicia's workouts look different than my workouts. And when we're together, like when we travel, we literally do yoga together in the morning or we'll go on hikes. And then we do, we'll take the lot where we drink every single beer at the brewery. So we live that. And so I think people see that we're authentic in how we're presenting our brand and how we're presenting our content. Um, and people really, really resonate with it, which is really awesome to see. I mean, I think that notion of like, you can't be 100% on all the time is very realistic with a lot of people. I mean, Alicia and I have like whole 30 and like, I've done like, every single possible at home workout, like P90X insanity, like all of this crazy stuff. And it's like, that doesn't make me happy. Like the, the part that we don't talk about enough is the mental health component of what being on one side of the spectrum really does to your mental health. And so, you know, I'm 31 now. Um, I feel like yeah. I've through, uh, you know, the periods of my life where I've understood, like I'm too I'm too much on or I've fallen off the wagon. And now I've found this like healthy balance where I like, I don't feel guilty if I don't work out every morning. Like sometimes my body has to sleep mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like my body craves sleep and I can give it to the, I can give that to my body. So it's just kind of learning that along the way that it's like not feeling guilty about doing these things that are expected of you. Um, and really just trying to nurture your body and, and your mind in a much more intentional way. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for me, and I know a lot of people is, is A, finding the workout that you like. You don't have to do like the 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 cross or CrossFit or the yeah. Peloton. I've tried the Peloton workouts and I like get annoyed with the trainers. Like I know that's a big thing, but I'm like, if that's not for you, that's okay. Find out what works for you. And who cares if it's not like the popular thing to do? So um, I think that's kind of very important that people, people always think they need to do like the hype workout trend. And I'm like, if you don't like it, that's okay. Just run, just walk, just yeah. Just find what you like to do when you're comfortable and you feel like you can do it. Um, what do you guys think, you know, is the hardest part of, you know, of maintaining that like healthy lifestyle? What challenges do you see that a lot of people like face and what advice would you give them if they're like struggling to find that, that, that perfect balance? Uh, am I allowed to swear? Or are you going to bleep my swears? Oh, no, I don't. I, I, you can swear. Uh, the issue is I'm fucking tired. Like I don't want to work out. I don't want to do anything. I want to do my work day. And then I want to drink like three beers and go to bed. And so 
that's the issue that I have is that like, we're so busy. Like both of us have full-time jobs. We do this. We have dogs, we have friends, we have families, like we have all this stuff. And genuinely I'm like, my work day is so wild and all over the place. Cause I have a fairly untraditional job. Then we've got this fairly untraditional job. I just want to go to bed. And so like, for me, it is that like, it has to be first thing in the morning, or I have to be going to a community workout. That's going to be fun enough to motivate me to do it or I'm not going to do it. And so that's the issue that I have. I'm wondering if Mel's is the same. Yeah. Motivation can be really hard. Uh, right. So I, the gyms that I go to, if you sign up and you don't show up, you pay money. Like you have to be like the cancellation fee is $15. And I'm also a really frugal person. So that type of accountability really works with me. Um, last year during COVID my last job, I was traveling probably, um, two to three weeks out of the month, um, consistently for two and a half years and COVID happened, obviously (laughs) that stopped. And my body was so like, run down from all of that travel that the first probably three or four months of being at home and working from home and not traveling, I just wanted to sleep. I slept in until like 8am every single day, um, which beforehand I was waking up at five, five 30 to work out or four to go to the airport. Um, and so I had this like really interesting period of time where my body was just trying to recover from everything that it went through when it was traveling. And then I was like, okay, I need a morning routine because I don't feel good about myself right now. I don't feel good that I don't feel productive. Like my, my personality type is the achiever, which means I need to be providing value or being productive, or I don't feel good about myself. And so I ended up uh, recruiting a workout buddy who came over to my house every single day for like six months. Uh, and we did workouts together and that got me back on track to a morning routine. It made me feel better. It made me feel more energized. Uh, but that motivation is really, really tough without accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yeah, I can like say, I'm going to, uh, Alicia probably looks at my workout calendar in the morning. She's like, Oh, Mel's doing this and this. No, I'm not doing it. It's in the calendar, but no one's holding me accountable to it. So I'm not doing it. I never look at your calendar. Do we need to discuss this? Your calendar is not up on my screen. I promise. Uh, I was was going to say, anytime I bring yours up to like try and schedule something, I'm always like, oh, she has so much fun stuff going on. Yes. And it's all great. But like, Like, yeah, well, and it's funny because to Mel's point, she's the achiever. I am the helper, which is I orient myself around how can I be useful for other people? And so in the situation Mel described, I'd be the person who was like, yes, I'll sign up to be your accountability buddy. And then that motivates me because it's like, I'm letting the other person down if I don't do it. So like, it's very interesting. It varies so much from person to person. Um, Like what motivates you? The Enneagram has been really helpful for both Mel and myself to learn what actually motivates us. Um, And it's been really helpful to base not just our workout schedules, but almost like our personal lives a little bit around that too, to be like, okay, it makes me feel good to be meeting people at a brewery in a way that feels like authentic. Whereas a lot of the time for Mel, it's like, I'm going to go have like a really great workout. Like not that both of those things aren't enticing to us. It's just a matter of like, what's more motivating a little bit, which is really cool. So we've, you obviously we've talked about workouts. What are your guys' pers- or personal favorite type of works out type of workouts? Uh, Mel, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I do aerial arts. So my apparatus of choice is the Lyra, which is the big metal hoop that hangs from the ceiling at the circus. Um, 
<laughs> which is a very interesting workout. Um, I actually went to do a blog post for work for your beer at the gym that I go to now. Um, and I wanted to pick the weirdest thing. Cause that's what we like to show is like weird workouts. Uh, and I picked the hoop, which is called a Lyra. And I went to one class and I was like, oh no, I'm going to want to go back. And then I did. And then I kept going and then I canceled my orange theory, uh, a subscription and went over to, um, aerial full time. And I've been doing aerial for about three years now, I think time flies. Uh, and that is, it's in, incredibly challenging from a physical standpoint, but mentally it's also very stimulating. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it not only like mentally from like a creative standpoint, but also like there are like certain like moves or blocks that you have to get into. And, uh, if you can't do it, it, it can become very frustrating. And I need that. I need stuff to be like, I'm a, it's a, I'm allowed to fail. I'm allowed to not like this. I'm allowed to not do this right. The first time I'm not expected to do this right. The first time, because I've grown up with the like whole pressure of like, you have to be the best performer. And like, if you, if you fail at something, like you're not worth anything. And so it's actually been really helpful with like uncovering, you know, the opportunity to fail more often, Mm -hmm. uh, which sometimes is frustrating. I mean, I cry sometimes in class, but (laughs) that's okay. Like, like, yeah, that seems like appropriate for me, (laughs) but I mean, I don't know. I love it. It's been such a really positive experience because every single person there is like, actually genuinely rooting for you and like I grew up doing team sports where like you're all on the same team but like homegirls gunning for your position right you know what I mean like where it's like yeah we're all on the same team but like I know that you're like secretly hoping I you know fail this xyz it's totally different in the aerial environment like literally the first performance I ever did I had never felt more supported by everyone in my surroundings. Like Alicia came to watch me, like my parents came to watch me. Uh, but then every single like person that I do class with and that I performed with, like everyone was just like so hyped for you. And I was like, I've never felt like this before. Like I've never felt supported before, which is kind of sad. Um, but yeah, that's why I've stuck with that. It's uh, it's fun to continue building and learning new skills. Um, but the community is just fantastic. So yeah, I'm, um, I like to do yoga. Um, I'm also a big fan of walking or running. And I think a, a big part of both of those is that they can be free uh, and they can be done anywhere. So I think to Mel's point, I'm a big traveler. I also live fairly far from my family and from a lot of my friends. And so I am not at home all the time to be like tethered to a gym. And so it's nice to be able to throw on yoga with Adrian, um, or to be able to explore a city by either walking it or running it. Um, those are kind of my go-to methods. And I think too, it's important to like recognize this doesn't have to be a community in which you need to be doing the hardest thing or like the thing everyone else is doing or anything like that. You can just show up and like do the workout with modifications or you know, get there and be like, the workout's too hard. I'm just going to like do what I can do today or whatever. And like, that's fine. This is a very approachable, non-intimidating situation. Like, I I think it's a lot of people get worried that they're going to be the one person who doesn't know what's going on at a beer fitness class of any kind. And it's really not the case. Yeah. I like to um, say we, we help people wean into fitness. Listen, if you've never done yoga before and you show up to a beer yoga class, what's the worst that can happen? You're literally drinking a beer while working out. Like it's, 
it will be fine. Um, and everyone in, in the brewery environments are also very supportive, which is why, again, I, I really just vibe with these types of communities. It's because people are very welcoming and it's like, Hey, you've never done yoga before. Great. We're going to support you. And you're surrounded by people who will help you. Um, just, it, it just, it's a much different environment than like a gym. Uh, and that's okay. Like you can start at a brewery, learn what you like and then find a gym, um, or not, or just do beer yoga at breweries all the time. Like we did that for a really long time. Yes, we did. I didn't pay for anything. I just showed up and was like, here's five bucks. I'm going to go do a workout. It's great. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. I, I know obviously before pandemic, the pandemic, a lot of breweries hosted yoga, fitness classes, run clubs, um, you name it. So I'm excited for those to come back because I think a lot of people struggled during the the pandemic to be motivated. So hoping um, I ended up just buying a bike like us off Amazon and I really started to enjoy that. So I probably will never go back to the gym, which is honestly very interesting because I've like, even when I was in college, like apartments, you know, the school, the the university's gym. And so I'm like, kind of like it. I mean, I'm saving a bunch of money by just staying at home and getting a workout in. So Um, it, it, yeah. So we'll kind of, I'll, you know, I mentioned this earlier. We, I do, I, I end the podcast, excuse me, uh, with rapid fire and then two questions. So we'll go Alicia and then Mel. So six pack of 12 ounce cans or four pack of 16 ounce cans, four pack of 16 ounce cans. I agree with that. (laughs) If you're drinking straight from it, a glass or, or a bottle or a can, uh, if I'm drinking straight from it, a bottle, probably can new england or west coast ipa new england new england (laughs) a stout or porter porter stout gosa or berliner weiss gosa berliner weiss wow look at us go (laughs) seltzer or cider seltzer did Uh, we lose did we lose mel i think we we did did. i'll tell you her answer is probably cider sorry Oh, she's back. I think I'm back, but maybe I'm you are. Okay. Seltzer or cider? Oh, uh, I'm on the seltzer train these days. Okay. Okay. What's your guys' go-to seltzer? Ooh. Uh, I feel like the most basic bitch in the room, but it's truly. Okay. Uh, you no, know, I think White Call would be more basic. <laughs> I am obsessed with Salud Cervecerias new seltzer line. They're a local brewery in Charlotte. Holy crap. They're so good. They're the only, the only seltzer in Richmond is literally my next door neighbor is about to start the Richmond Seltzer Co. And it's not yet. So I'm, I'm waiting for a local option. Get it. Uh, chocolate or vanilla in your beer? Vanilla. Chocolate. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but brewery cats or brewery dogs? Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> You have a great Pyrenees mix and then you have a Corgi, correct? Yes. Yeah. I know you guys are both dog people. That's why I like you. (laughs) We sure are. Surprised my dog hasn't made an appearance yet. He likes to. A favorite beer city that you've been to? Charlotte and you can't say Richmond. Fair. Um, I would probably say Burlington, Vermont. Okay. I'm going to go with Denver, but only because I traveled out there literally every week like every month in the last two and a half years and I got to explore a lot of it they yeah. do a good job I am hoping to get out there soon I haven't been yet oh it's great favorite beer glass style to drink out of uh I like a snifter because it's a good glass and it's funny to say 
<laughs> I like the uh, TQs. Is that how you say that? Yeah. The, yeah. Glasses. the one that looked like the wine glasses. They look yeah. like wine glasses, but they're a yeah. little bit, uh, you know, stouter. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I'm a Tiku fan. Favorite hop variety? Um, I tend to like Citra. I think I was going to answer that as Citra as well, only because we've been through all the hop varieties I hate. Uh, but I don't remember them, so I'm gonna. Go you on. you like mosaic? Like hot, oh. or IPAs? Me, I don't like IPAs. I mean, yeah. I like I'm we I'm warming up to them, but I'm trying to. I don't know hops well enough. Like every time I think I know if I like a hop, I improved wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what's your guys's go-to beer right now? Mine. It depends very much on the season. Um, right now, it's the top Pilsner from Table Brewing here in Richmond. It's just very clean and drinkable when it's like 90 degrees outside like it is today. Um, I am not insanely picky. I'm a very good sour drinker. I just had a really good one from Jay Wakefield. Um, I don't any sour I'm happy with, let's be honest. <laughs> And then if you could go on any beer vacation, where would it be? I want to go to the beer spa in Prague like yesterday. <laughs> We're going to do it. It's on our bucket list. We actually have like stuff booked for it, kind of. Wait, Mel, you should say the thing that's on our bucket list that we might have already been to by the time that this airs. So we are going to Columbus and we're doing the BrewDog Hotel. Ooh, are you taking your doggies? We are no. not. We're flying. Oh. But... Uh, that will be really exciting to have um, a little beer hotel experience. So Columbus is a really cool beer city. I went there, I guess, January, 2020, before everything shut down. Um, they've got some really incredible breweries up there. My well, God, you went to Columbus in January. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, it actually wasn't terrible weather-wise, but um, it was cold, but it doesn't really, it wasn't as bad as, I mean, we walked around, so I guess it wasn't that cold. Gotcha. And then who would each of you most love to have a beer with? Mel. Aww. <laughs> what are you going to say, bitch? I feel like we answered this one last time and we both were like, AOC. Like, let's get a beer with AOC. True. Very <laughs> true. I would like to get there with me. Like, yeah. it's all, all yeah. yeah. That's funny. I think she's been named a few times and every time yeah. somebody names a politician, I'm like, I, it's surprising how many times I've had a politician named. That's um, whether it was uh, former President Obama, um, I think Bernie Sanders has been named. Bernie. Oh, I would do a beer with Bernie. Yeah. Maybe it was a him in Burlington, Vermont. Yes. Um, who else? But a lot of politicians have been named, which is, oh, there's your puppy. She just wants to be on my lap most of the time. She's so fluffy. What's her name? Stella. Stella. So cute. And then, um, yeah, that was, yeah, who, that was the last question. Who would you most love to have a beer with? Which AOC, she seems pretty cool. I've been, um, she hikes a lot. So I've been following her um, on Instagram to, nice. she hikes with her dog. But I think I have less than a minute, so I'll wrap it up real quick. Thank you ladies so much for hopping on here with me. Go follow their Instagram, work for your beers. Um, you do some really funny TikToks that I love, especially with you, <laughs> with your dog. So um, if you're looking to get back into being motivated, um, go, go follow their page and, um, just remember that you can drink beer and also, you know, work out and, and maintain this healthy lifestyle. And so they do a really good job. You guys do a really jo good job at kind of promoting that. So thank you. And, uh, thanks for hopping on here with me. Thank, thank you. Cheers.